Welcome to the Womb Wisdom Podcast. My name is Holly Deaver, and I'm the owner and operator of Rosebud Wellness, where I practice women's holistic health, utilizing acupuncture, Chinese herbalism, yoni steaming, Arvigo abdominal massage, and the fertility awareness method. This podcast will be part conversations with women who are mothers or hope to be mothers on their journey through menstruation, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and motherhood, and part information about the holistic health practices that I use in my practice. Please enjoy. Thanks so much for listening. Hello, everyone. I am very excited to share with you that I have a new offering that I just released. So um, in case you don't follow me on Instagram at holly.lever, then perhaps you don't know that I just released a free three-part fertility awareness method video series. So in the series, you will learn what the fertility awareness method is. So in case you don't know what the heck I'm talking about, that would be really important first step to know about that. And then we'll also talk about how to analyze your menstrual cycle and the optimal parameters for each of the phases of the menstrual cycle. So that includes the bleeding phase and what your bleeding should look like. If you should have any symptoms, the answer to that is no, you should not be having any premenstrual or symptoms during your period. Ideally, it should just kind of come and go without a lot of drama. And then also we'll be looking at the different phases, the follicular phase, the ovulatory phase, how much cervical mucus you should be producing, how long the luteal phase should be, how long the cycle length should be overall, what's considered an irregular cycle, what's considered a regular cycle, and then also how to track and chart your three main fertile signs. So in the method that I teach, that is basal body temperature, cervical mucus, and cervical position. And then we also talk about the applications of the fertility awareness method, which of which there are many. So it can be used as a form of natural birth control without having to use any synthetic hormones or devices. It can also be used for um, optimizing your chances of conception if that's something that you are wanting to call in, you know, either at some point in the future or perhaps currently. It can be used for body literacy overall, just understanding how your body works and having an ability to work with your body rather than working sort of against it. And then also can be used as a health assessment tool. So there's a lot of different things that you're looking at when you're looking at the parameters of the menstrual cycle that you can use to assess what maybe is going on with your health as a whole outside of just hormonal issues. So for example, you can determine if maybe you have a thyroid issue or a blood sugar imbalance or other hormonal issues maybe are manifesting in different ways, not necessarily within the context of your menstrual cycle, but could be revealed by looking a little bit more closely at your menstrual cycle. So that is everything that is included in this three-part video series um, that I highly recommend checking out. So you can get access to those three videos that you would get over the course of three days by going down to the show notes of this episode, or you can also visit my Instagram at holly.lever, and you can go to the link in in my bio, or if, depending on when you're listening to this, Perhaps it will still be in my stories as well. So definitely go and check that out. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Womb Wisdom Podcast. I am doing a solo episode today to share a little bit about going off of hormonal birth control. So I talk a lot about using fertility awareness, the fertility awareness method for birth control purposes. So a lot of people are taking some form of hormonal contraceptive, whether it's a pill, patch, IUD, um, potentially the shots. I don't know if they're still doing that or still using that, but if you have historically taken hormonal contraceptives, then it can be kind of intimidating to imagine a world without taking them. So the first thing to do if you're considering stopping hormonal contraceptives is to identify why you started taking them in the first place, and then also why you are continuing to take hormonal birth control. So a lot of people go on birth control for pregnancy prevention. So if that is the only reason that you're on it, then there are a lot of different options for preventing pregnancy for the six days that you are actually fertile in your cycle. So that's the first thing to know that many women don't know that they think they are fertile every single day of the cycle. So they of course need this birth control pill to prevent them from getting pregnant um, every single time that they have sex. Other women have been prescribed birth control for cycle regulation, which it does not actually do. It does make you bleed at regular intervals, but it does this by exposing your body to synthetic hormones, and that causes your body to have a withdrawal bleed, but it is not actually a period. So there's no way that it could regulate your cycle or your hormones um, because it's actually using synthetic hormones and not doing anything for your natural hormonal balance. So that's something that I think doctors don't even necessarily know. I just actually sent a message to a doctor that um, responded to a poll of mine on Instagram that he uses hormonal birth control for cycle regulation. So I just wanted to confirm with him that he knows that it doesn't actually do that. So I haven't heard back yet, but I'll, I'll keep you updated on that one. Other women have been prescribed hormonal contraceptives for acne prevention, especially hormonal acne, uh, particularly in their teenage years. And then sometimes they just continue to stay on it sort of forever for decades. Um, and then period pain is another uh, reason that women will start taking hormonal contraceptives. For some women, it really does make a difference and it can be hard to even contemplate going off of it for that reason, especially for women that have fibroids or endometriosis or a lot of stagnation in their system. It is possible that when they stop taking hormonal contraceptives, that the pain will come back and it will come back with a vengeance. So I, that is part of why I am sharing this with all of you is that you can empower yourself to have a smoother transition off of hormonal contraceptives rather than just stopping it cold turkey and not really being prepared for what might happen. Um, you know, your cycles kind of being all over the place, having a lot of pain, having crazy amounts of acne, and then of course, potentially getting pregnant by accident. So it's, it's important to know why you were first, why you were taking it in the first place, and then having a game plan for what you're going to be using for those things instead of hormonal contraceptives, if you want to stop taking it. So as I mentioned before, the hormonal contraceptives do not regulate your hormones, the pill and hormonal IUD or patch or whatever 
works by suppressing your natural hormonal fluctuations, and this masks your underlying symptoms. So it it suppresses ovulation in particular, and ovulation is really, really important. So it's not just like, oh, we don't really need ovulation if we're not wanting to get pregnant. It's really important for your bone health, for your heart health, for your breasts, for your brain, for all sorts of functions throughout your entire body. So it's not that we can just shut off this natural function and expect that there won't be any side effects or potential negative outcomes in the future. And you might not know about that for decades. So the bleed that you have, as I mentioned before, when you are on a hormonal contraceptive is called a withdrawal bleed. So you are exposed to these synthetic hormones. And then in the, with the pill, for example, when you take the blank week where there is not an active synthetic hormone in it, you will have a withdrawal bleed. So for a lot of women that are have a hormonal IUD, for example, or if they do the patch or the shot, they might not bleed at all because they are being constantly um, exposed to these synthetic hormones. And so there wouldn't be any reason for you to have this withdrawal bleed. So for a lot of women, this is concerning and they think having a bleed is, it is, it's a good and natural part of being in a female body. And I think a lot of women know that intuitively and they don't necessarily know. I know that when I was on hormonal birth control, I was on the pill for nine years. I never knew that the bleed that I would get when I was taking that was not an actual period. I thought it really was regulating my cycle because that's what my doctor told me. And a lot of doctors do tell you that. So how do hormonal contraceptives work? They work in a number of different ways. So, and it kind of depends on the type that you're on, how exactly it's working. So one of the ways that they work is by interfering with ovulation so it disrupts the communication between your hypothalamus, your pituitary, and your ovaries, the HPO axis. And so if that is kind of offline, then there's no way that you can ovulate. And then that will interrupt ovulation and therefore you would not be fertile. And so it can also interfere with implantation. So it does this by suppressing estrogen levels. So the synthetic estrogen that you're exposed to in whatever hormonal contraceptive that you're taking is not enough to build up a thick uterine lining. And you need at least 10 millimeter thick lining in order for implantation to happen. So that is part of, that's by design that you are, you know, not building up this really thick, juicy uterine lining, um, and it will not be able to thicken fully and or mature because you're not being exposed to progesterone at all. You're being exposed to synthetic progestins, and that is not the same as your natural progesterone levels, which has these like brain, heart, bone health, breast health, um, sort of functions in your body. So, and without ovulation, there's no progesterone. The only way that your body can produce progesterone is through ovulation, through natural ovulation. And then hormonal contraceptives also prevent your cervix from producing fertile quality cervical mucus. So the progestins that are in hormonal contraceptives stimulate your cervical crypts, which are these little sort of uh, caves within your cervix where cervical mucus is produced. They stimulate your cervical crypts to produce more G-type cervical mucus, which is more like thick and viscous, whereas the E-type cervical mucus, which you would produce in a 
uh, natural cycle in response to estrogen levels increasing, um, you will be producing these more thick, viscous uh, cervical mucus types. And this can also um, impact your ability to produce fertile quality cervical mucus years after you stop taking it. So that's part of why it's really, really important to stop taking hormonal contraceptives in advance, ideally a year or two before you're looking to conceive so that your body can really recalibrate and um, get back to a more natural state um, before you're wanting to actively conceive, partially so that you are not you know, sort of, okay, I'm ready to conceive. I went off the pill and nothing happens for a year because your body's taking this time to um, recalibrate. So um, I'll just talk a little bit about some of the side effects of hormonal contraceptives. I don't want to demonize them, but I do think it's important for women to understand some of the potential outcomes of being on hormonal contraceptives for many, many years, decades, even I know women that have been on the pill from, you know, the first period that they had until they go through menopause and they never wanted to have children. Um, but this cycle stuff, all of your hormonal fluctuations happening have far reaching impacts on your overall health and well-being way beyond conceiving children and being pregnant. So one of the side effects is that it masks any underlying health conditions. So a lot of women will go on hormonal contraceptives for period pain or to eliminate fibroids or cysts or um, regulate their cycle, but it's not actually getting to the root of why they're having these issues in the first place. So it could be that the disease process is just kind of continuing on and you're just masking that by taking hormonal contraceptives and never actually getting to the root cause. And then eventually you'll have to deal with that, you know, years down the line after you put this bandaid on it and not actually treating um, what's causing it. It also depletes your body of a variety of nutrients. I'm not going to get into every single one of those right now, um, but that's why it's really important to replete nutrients. Both if you're continuing on hormonal birth control, it's important to know the nutrients that it's depleting so that you are repleting those if you're going to continue taking it. And then also, if you stop taking it, then you know the, the nutrients that you're really wanting to uh, prioritize after you stop taking it as well, especially if you're wanting to become pregnant because pregnancy, breastfeeding, the postpartum phase, all that is involved in that whole process really depletes you of a lot of nutrients. So if you've been on the pill for a long time, that's been depleting you. Then you go through a pregnancy, then you're breastfeeding. All of this is really just like sucking you dry of all of your nutrition. So it's really important to prioritize and optimize your nutrition um, through that process. It also disrupts your microbiome. So a lot of women will have digestive issues that they never had before. And a lot of women and doctors don't necessarily attribute this to being on hormonal birth control. They just kind of think it's this random anomaly that happens. Um, so that's important to know. It can also impact your mood. So a lot of women will notice anxiety or depression and people don't necessarily attribute it to being on hormonal birth control. They think, oh, like I've just gone crazy or, I mean, life is inherently stressful. There's a lot of challenges um, and especially in our society today, but if it's 
you know, I started birth control and then all of a sudden these issues started cropping up or, you know, I've never really gone off of birth control before. I don't know if maybe my depression and anxiety is related to that. It can just be helpful to um, sort of assess that if that might be part of any mood issues that you're experiencing. It also increases the rates of blood clots. Most people are kind of aware of this and that's why um, being on hormonal contraceptives is not recommended for women over 35 and especially women that are smokers because all of those things combined really put you at a pretty high risk for blood clots. It can also increase the rate of pain with sex. So um, this is something that I personally experienced for a number of years from being a teenager through my early 20s. And I never knew that possibly hormonal birth control could be related to my pain with sex. They were just the doctor recommended that I relax and that I drink some alcohol. Uh, people talked about muscle relaxants, smoking pot. None of these things really appealed to me. Um, but what hormonal birth control can do is reduce your the volume of your clitoris. So then sex is just not as enjoyable, um, reduces the amount of lubrication that you produce and can even reduce the diameter of your vagina, of your vaginal opening. So all really important to know. And I do not have pain with sex anymore. And I've been on off of hormonal contraceptives for um, over 10 years, almost 15 years. It also reduces your libido and it can even impact who you're attracted to. So being on hormonal contraceptives can uh, lead to you being having a tendency to be attracted to people that are more biologically similar to you. So more of like a brother type rather than um, a lover type. And this is partially in, in part due to reducing testosterone levels, which is very much related to a woman's libido as well as a man's libido. So what if you do, what do you do when you're ready to stop taking hormonal contraceptives, but you haven't stopped taking it yet, but you want to make sure that you're prepared as you stop taking it. So the first thing to do is to work on nutrient deficiencies now, because that can very much re be related to PMS or period pain or cycle irregularities. If your nu nutrient status is really depleted, and then you just all of a sudden stop taking it, then you can have these other issues. And then you're just like, oh, well, I guess I just need to stay on birth control because I have all these horrible issues with my period when I'm not on it. So you can do this through food and through supplements. And I can definitely tell you a ton more about that. That's a lot of what I work on in my programs, um, but definitely balancing blood sugar. So having a combination of carbohydrates, proteins, and fats at every single meal and snack will get you kind of on track incorporating animal proteins will be really, really helpful for um, repleting those nutrients that are being depleted while you're on hormonal contraceptives. You can also seek out treatments for period pain or acne. Acupuncture, of course, I'm an acupuncturist, so I'm, I'm partial, I'm biased, um, but I know that acupuncture was really, really helpful for me in alleviating my period pain before I had all of these other tools. Um, acupuncture was really helpful. I also took some Chinese herbs for that. Um, yoni steaming can be really helpful, abdominal massage, castor oil packs. Um, and then for acne, I would say acupuncture and um, being on a Chinese herbal formula would kind of be the most beneficial as well as potentially dietary changes for that too. Um, support your hormone production with really good nutri nutrition. So balancing blood sugar, as I mentioned, animal proteins, sleeping at least eight hours especially if you are over 35, that is very, very important. 
um, eliminate or reduce your chemical exposure. You cannot completely eliminate it. Our world is very toxic. Um, and that's just part of what is happening these days. But one of the things that you can do is, is reduce the amount of chemical exposure for you personally in your body care products, in the products that you use in your home, cleaning products, and you don't have to do it all at once. Just as you run out of things, purchase some cleaner options or brands, um, and then restore your cut, your gut health. So consuming bone broth, which you don't have to just drink bone broth. I know that that was something that kind of grossed me out and wasn't really that appealing, but I basically just try to incorporate it in foods that I'm eating anyways. So you can cook rice or quinoa or whatever kind of grain you can cook it in bone broth. And I also love making soups. So if you are interested, I can send you my chicken soup recipe that I make like every other day. Um, I make three to six servings at a time. And then I just kind of eat that for my lunch all the time. Consuming fermented foods and beverages. So things like kombucha or kimchi or sauerkraut, things like that can be really supportive of your gut health. Support your liver. So reduce your toxic load. As I was mentioning before, just kind of reducing chemical exposure as much as you can. Consuming cruciferous vegetables, which have a compound called I3C. So you'll have to eat about a cup of something like Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, things like that can really help to support your liver in detoxifying and getting out all of those synthetic hormones that you've been exposed to over the years. And even if you're continuing to stay on hormonal contraceptives, you can still do this. And this can help you to kind of detoxify all of the chemicals that you're being exposed to through uh, taking the hormonal contraceptives. And then... Something that is very important is if you have been primarily using hormonal contraceptives for birth control purposes, you'll want to make sure that you know how you will manage your fertile window. So the first part of that is to identify when you're fertile, which is part of what I teach and talk about with using the fertility awareness method. So you are fertile for about six days. It kind of depends on the person, but once you identify your typical patterns, then you can identify when you are actually fertile. So that's when you're producing cervical mucus in the pre-ovulatory phase before ovulation, ovulation day itself. We add on a buffer of three to four days um, according to temperature and cervical mucus production in using this for birth control. And then outside of that, you can just have unprotected sex because you, there's no way that you could get pregnant. You can only get pregnant during your fertile window. So you have to then, once you identify when you're fertile, decide what you're going to do, especially if you're in a relationship or having regular sex with a man, then you will either abstain from penis and vagina sex. You'll use withdrawal, you use condoms, a diaphragm. You and your partner can talk about what works best for you in particular, but essentially it's only these six or so days that you are needing to prevent pregnancy and potentially using a condom or a diaphragm. So you can talk with your partner about that. A lot of men don't know that. And we kind of just expect that they would maybe know that, but a lot of women don't even know that. So um, there's my little PSA for you don't need to be taking hormonal contraceptives every single day of your life to prevent pregnancy for six days out of every cycle. 
Um, so there is a transition period when you stop taking hormonal contraceptives of six to 18 months where you can have a lot of cycle irregularities and subfertility. So this is really important for women that are eventually, or even right now wanting to conceive and have been on hormonal contraceptives for a while. I recently worked with a client that had been on hormonal contraceptives for over 10 years and it took her cycle pretty much 18 months until she was having regular mucus patterns. She was having a regular temperature shift after ovulation. She was having a strong luteal phase that would be able to support implantation and sustaining a pregnancy. So it took her that her body that long with doing a lot of the work that we were doing together. I was making recommendations along the way of dietary shifts, exercise changes, improvement in sleep quality and amount duration. Um, and then also I made some targeted supplement recommendations for her body in particular, based on what I was seeing show up in her chart. So if you're wanting to conceive at some point, it's recommended that you give it a minimum of 18 months to two years before you start trying after you stop taking hormonal contraceptives. I recently was listening to a podcast and they were recommending three months, I think. And I just don't think that that's enough time. Maybe if you were on hormonal contraceptives for like a year or something and your body just like bounced right back. I know, for example, that my mom loves to tell this story that she stopped taking birth control when she was ready to conceive my sister, my older sister, and she stopped taking it and like immediately got pregnant. So she stopped taking it with the intention of thinking it might take a little while, but she immediately got pregnant. So that can definitely happen. She was also... I think like 26 or something like that. So it kind of depends on where you're at and um, how long you've been taking it. But just to throw that out there, that it's really best if you can give it some time where you're off of hormonal contraceptives for a while before you're actively wanting to conceive. And that's part of why learning fertility awareness is so cool because you can use it to prevent pregnancy before you're ready as you are repleting your body and getting all of this really great nutrition sort of in this preconception phase. So you can be doing that for a year, preventing pregnancy, and then you'll transition into actively trying to conceive using this same method, but you're just using it in a slightly different way. So that is, you know, part of the work that I do. So what can you expect from a post-hormonal contraceptive cycle that would lead you to believe that your kind of your hormones are still sort of figuring themselves out? So you might have a shorter than normal luteal phase, which is the phase after ovulation. So from ovulation day until the day before you get your next period. So if it's less than 10 days, that's really not optimal for implantation and sustaining a pregnancy. And the implantation process itself can take 10 days. So if you only like are just barely getting enough that your uterine lining is staying in place for that amount of time, it really doesn't give your body enough time to be able to sustain that pregnancy. And that can be the case for up to a year after taking hormonal contraceptives. And you can also experience post-pill amenorrhea, and that can happen for up to six months where you don't have a period. And if it goes beyond six months, like for me, for example, I've had a, a extensive history with hypothalamic amenorrhea, which happened, which is when you lose your period um, from under eating, over exercise, stress, some combination of those things, eating disorders, disordered eating, um, over exercise, sort of 
being obsessed with sports and things like that can cause you to lose your period. And a lot of women will go on the pill. The doctor's answer for getting your period back in that, in that situation, a lot of times is to give women, uh, a medication called Provera, which will, it's a progesterone medication, progesterone like medication, and then you stop taking it. And then your body automatically will bleed. And then you start taking a hormonal contraceptive and you keep getting this withdrawal bleed, which makes you think that you are getting a period, but you're actually not getting period. So that's a little bit of a tangent, but when women stop taking birth control after they stop being exposed to the synthetic hormones, it can take some time for their body to recalibrate and start turn, turn back on and start producing its own hormones again. So if it goes beyond six months and you don't have a period and you stop taking hormonal birth control, if you go to your doctor, they'll probably say, give it another six months. And they'll probably just say, keep saying that for the rest of your life. Or like whenever you're ready to get pregnant, then, um, come see us and we'll give you some other medication to force you to get pregnant. I would just caution you to not use that method and look a little bit deeper into why your period might still be missing after the six months. So if you're in that situation, in that scenario, or know anybody that is, send them my way. I have lots of recommendations. And then also your ovarian volume and reserve may be lower than normal after you take hormonal contraceptives, but this effect should be temporary. So there are dietary changes, supplements, and things like that, that you can help to improve your ovarian volume and reserve after you stop taking hormonal contraceptives. So that is everything that I have for you today. And I am also planning to do a birth control specific um, podcast about how to use the fertility awareness method for birth control. And my intention with that is not going to be to teach you specifically how to use this method for birth control. I think it's really important that women work with a specific uh, practitioner and educator like myself or somebody else, if I don't resonate with you um, in using this method for birth control or even for conception purposes, I think it can be really helpful to work with somebody that's not just teaching you how to track and chart your cycle, but also teaching you how to interpret your cycle and your chart, and then how to make lifestyle, dietary supplement treatment, um, modifications to your, your life in order to improve your cycle. So I've seen really amazing things happen, working with women from a distance, just telling them through things through my computer and their, their chart and their cycle will really improve and they can achieve pregnancy, prevent pregnancy, um, optimize their health and their cycle, sync their life with their cycle and do all sorts of really cool stuff. So hopefully this was helpful for you. And I definitely don't want to demonize hormonal contraceptives if that's what's working for you. I just want the information to be out there and available for women um, if it's not working and for women to know that there are other options. So thanks again for, for listening today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with somebody that you think might benefit from some of the information that was shared here today. And if you are feeling so called to give us a rating and or write a review, that would be amazing. I don't know exactly how the algorithm for podcasts works, but I do know that the algorithm favors podcasts that have 
more five-star ratings and more reviews, more positive reviews. So basically that just means that if you have a lot of great ratings and reviews, then your podcast will be shown to more people. So if you are feeling called to giving a five-star rating, you just basically scroll down and tap on the five stars and that will automatically send the rating over. And then you can type a review there too if there's something that you are specifically wanting to highlight about the podcast, um, something that you're enjoying about it, that would also be really helpful. You can find more from me on Facebook at the Rosewood Rosebud Wellness Community, where I share podcast episodes and other offerings that I have periodically. And I am definitely a lot more active on Instagram at my new page, holly.lever, which is spelled L-E-E-V-E-R. I do still have my Rosebud underscore wellness Instagram page, but I will be kind of phasing that out. So definitely follow me over at my new page if you are on Instagram and feel free to reach out to me if there's any topics that you would like for me to cover either myself or guests that you'd like for me to have on, or if you have a story, a women's health, pregnancy, birth, fertility, motherhood, any kind of story that you think might be interesting for the listeners, please reach out to me and let me know. You can reach out to me at holly at rosebudwellness.com and I will be in touch with you there. So thank you again so much for listening. Until next time, be well. Thank you.